the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and fixed his eyes on him with John. Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up. Immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked, and entering the temple with them, walked, leaping, and praising God. So that's a great, great thing. And uh, notice in verse 6, Peter said, But what I do have, I give you. But what I do have, I give you. That man needed healing. And Peter said, what I do have, I give you. Now, think about that. What I do have, I give you. Now, like this. Ah. Hmm. Now, you know, they told me this week I have a serious virus that's highly contagious. And and, uh, I wonder if Ethan... You want that? No, you don't want that, do you? Ken, do you want it? No? How about you, Joy? Do you you don't want that? No? How about Amber? Do you want that? Why don't you want it? Huh? Why wouldn't you want that, beside it being gross? I mean, if I'm highly contagious with a serious virus, why wouldn't you want that? You wouldn't want to catch what I've got, right? Is that right? Absolutely. So if I was contagious and I sneeze and blow my nose or (coughs) cough into this thing, you don't want that because you don't want to catch what I've got. Is Is that correct? So the title of this message, Are You Contagious with the Gospel? In other words, what are the chances that the people you come in contact with will be infected with God's salvation, His love, His peace, His character, His nature, His healing power? You see, in the same way we can be contagious with a cold or flu, our faith can be contagious to others. You understand that? See, we, 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 we thoroughly understand that nobody would want to take this handkerchief, this Kleenex, because you don't want to catch, if I had, if I, and I don't have a serious virus, but if I did, you know, you wouldn't want to catch that. But there are some good things we can catch. Amen. And one of the good things we can catch is God's love, his peace, his character, his nature, salvation, healing. See, we, we as Christians should be so inf- infected and, and, and contagious with, with God that every place we go, we should cause other people to get infected. 
What does it take to be a contagious Christian? Well, first of all, you have to be infected. What does that mean? That means you have to be saved. But you know, there's a lot of Christians, they're infected. What does that mean? Now, you know what I mean when I say infected? They, they've got Jesus. They're, that's why they're a Christian. They're born again. They're infected but not contagious. Now that's the biggest point I've made so far right there. Infected but not contagious. Infected but not contagious. You're born again. You're going to heaven. You're infected. But you're not contagious. And... Uh, Most Christians that I know fall into this group right here, including, sad to say, myself at at a lot of times in my life. I want all of us to think about this today. Infected but not contagious. You know, uh, when is the last time we told somebody about Jesus. Think about that. This is Mission Sunday. This is a good time to talk about this. When is the last time we shared our faith with someone? And, and, and not just hand them a track. Thank God for that. That Tracks are wonderful. If you've been around here any length of time, we've shown you how important tracks are. But when is the last time you actually with your lips shared your faith with somebody or invited them to come to church or just you know invited them to talk about the Lord now this is not a message to put people down that's not why I'm doing this but this this is a message to get our attention infected but not contagious infected but not contagious uh, I mean that that's a serious thing isn't it isn't it I mean we, we we've got our ticket to heaven but we're we're not we're not stirred up to the point that we really care about taking anybody with us I mean, if we were asked, do we want to take people to heaven with us, we'd all say yes. But, you know, actions speak louder than words. You know what I mean? And, and sad to say, and I'll include myself in this group, it's so easy as a Christian, I think, to be cut. You're infected. You're a Christian. You're going to heaven, but you're not, you're not, contag- you're not contagious. You see, to be contagious, you must have a full, or for me, for any of us to be contagious, we have to have a full-blown case of Jesus. A full-blown case of Jesus. That means Jesus has taken over every area of our life. The way we think, the way we talk, the way we act. You know, some Christians have a mild or a lukewarm case of Jesus. You know, you've had a case of the flu. Has anybody have a case of the flu? Yeah, yes or no? Yes. Are you out there? Real loud, say yes. Yes. Everybody, say yes. yes. 
Let's practice. Say yes. Okay, you can talk to me. Okay, I, I need a little help when I preach, just a little. A case of the flu, a case of this, a case of that. You can have a case of Jesus. And uh, a lot of Christians just say, have you ever heard somebody had a mild cold? Or what about a mild headache? Well, well, when it comes to Jesus, we shouldn't have a mild case of him. We shouldn't have just a slight, like, well, somebody said, well, I just have a slight headache. Well, you know, we shouldn't have a slight case of Jesus. We should have a full-blown case. Full-blown case, all of us. You know what I mean by a full-blown case? I mean that if people just get anywhere in our proximity, they're going to get touched by the goodness of God. To be contagious, we have to have... We have to be totally and radically sold out to, to, to the Lord. Peter, we just read about it, he was so infected with Jesus' healing power that it got off on that lame man and he got that lame man infected, didn't he? With the healing power of God. The Apostle Paul, you ought to study him sometime, he was so infected with Jesus that sinners got saved just about everywhere he went. And, and if they didn't get saved, it wasn't his fault because he told them. I mean, everywhere Paul went, I'm talking the Apostle Paul, he had such a full-blown case of Jesus. Every place he went, he told people about the Lord. It didn't matter where it was, in, in, in the jail, in front of a king, in front of uh, religious people, in front of political people. The Apostle Paul was so full of Jesus that every place he went, he was telling people about the Lord. Now, not everybody received the Lord. A lot of people rejected Paul and they beat him up and they did, they, they put him down and all sorts of things. But he told people about the Lord. He, every place he went, he caused her, he was so full and so contagious with the gospel that he, he, in one time he caused a riot. They had a big riot. Some people thought he was out of his mind. That, I, I believe that king that he stood in front of it was either Felix or Agrippa, one of them, I, I, I don't remember which, but, but they accused Paul because Paul was preaching the gospel. Paul was trying to get this, 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 this king saved and, and he said, Paul... You, you're out of your mind. You're crazy. See, he had a high fever of Jesus, didn't he? Have you ever heard of somebody having a high fever so high that they were out of their mind, they weren't talking right? Yes or no? Well, that's what we ought to have with Jesus. We ought, you understand, we ought, we, ought to, we ought to have the Jesus fever. You've heard of the jungle fever. What about having the Jesus fever? So full of Jesus that people think we're out of our mind, we're crazy, we're nuts.
You see, once you're infected and have a full-blown case of Jesus, be sure that you don't accept any preventative measures. Because there will be individuals who will try to convince you that you have such a severe case of Christianity that you need help, and they'll show up with their pill bottle. And they'll try to make you take the be quiet pills. Don't talk about, they'll say, don't talk about religion or politics. Have you ever heard anybody say that? I've had people tell me that. I mean, when I got saved, I remember, and then, then, then I got saved as a young boy, but then, then, then a little later on when I was in high school, I got contagious. I got, you know what I mean, contagious? I, I don't know, I'd have to check with the medical people, but... Can, can you have an infection in your body that might lay dormant for a while and then all of a sudden you become contagious? Is it, well, that's what happened to me when I, I got saved. I got infected with Jesus as a young boy, you know, in the Baptist church, you know. But then when I got in high school, I, I, became, I became highly contagious. I mean, highly contagious. And, and uh, uh, I had a full-blown case of Jesus and I told everybody about Jesus every place I went. I told my teachers. I, told, I went to the golf course and I, 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 where I worked. I told everybody I came in contact with. I told them about Jesus, 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 Jesus. You understand that? I even had bumper stickers on my car. You know, I, I mean, I just, every place I went. And, and, it, and it got to the point where, and I understand this now, I didn't at the time, but I used to work at the golf course behind the counter for the golf pro. And, you know, I would sell golf balls and take green fees and, you know, rent out car, golf carts and things like that. And, and, and people would come up, you know, and they'd be, these, these heathen, I mean heathens, come into the golf course. They'd be standing there, you know, wanting to, holding the, you know, their beer in one hand and, 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 and their, their cigarette blowing smoke in my face. And, and uh, I, I'd say, do you know the Lord Jesus? And uh, they look at me funny. And it got to the point where the, the, the golf pro called me aside and he said, he said, uh, you know, you just can't do that when you're, when you're working here selling, you know, selling golf balls and things. And at, the time, at that time, now that, that made me uh, angry. I didn't like that. But I had to learn that when you're working for somebody, if you're going to work for them, you have to come under their authority. You know, and, and so I had to learn that, you know, when people come up, I can't, I can't ask them those things. But, but I told the Lord way back, way back yonder, I said, now, okay, I won't, when I'm working here, I won't bring Jesus up to anybody because they won't let me. But if somebody asks me, now I'm going to tell them. And, and, and if it costs me my job, then it, it costs me my job. And I remember when I started working as a teacher, this was back in, uh, I guess, 1987. And, uh, and, then, and then certainly, I, after we got back from Bible school, we, we, 87, I taught, 80, I taught for two years from 87 88, 88, 89, and then we went away to Bible school for four years, then we came back, and I got a, I got a job at another 
uh, school district here in the area, and I taught there for four years, and the principal knew that I was going to be, uh, you know, starting a church and so forth, and he came to me and he said, Mr. Shield, he said, you know, glad to have you on the staff here, but he said, uh, I don't know you real well. I got to know him real well later, but he said, uh, he said, I, I, when you go in your classroom, he said, I don't know how to say this to you, but he said, when you go into your classroom, you just can't preach the gospel to these kids. Now, I understand that. I'm under their authority. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Because I, I was contagious. I, 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 was, I was contagious. And, you know, you want to you wanna preach the gospel to these little kids. But he said, you can't do that or we'll have to fire you. So I understand that. I don't like it, but I, I understood it. So I never did preach the gospel to the little kids. But I told him, I said, now look, if one of those little kids asks me about the Lord or asks me why I'm happy or whatever, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell him. He said, fair enough. And uh, over the course of the time I taught there, which was four years, I had a couple of occasions where students came to me privately and they said, Mr. Scheel, this classroom isn't like the other classrooms we go into here. There's something about this classroom where you teach that's different than the others. Well, I knew what it was. is the presence of the Lord. And uh, they said, Mr. Scheel, you, 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 aren't a, you don't crab and complain like a lot of the other teachers do. We don't hear you talking bad about other other faculty members or other about the principal and why is that and guess why I told them it says because I love the Lord Jesus you see see we're contagious but if you're contagious and you're working for somebody you do have to follow their rules you understand that but you could still be contagious and but I mean in high school I was I was so contagious with the gospel and, and telling everybody, everybody, at the, I mean, just everybody. And, and my mother, it's interesting, my mom was only called to school for my behavior one time. And, and, and the principal didn't call her in. It was one of the teachers called her in and, uh, and I was in trouble and she couldn't imagine why I was getting called she was getting called in because of my behavior and so I was in trouble with mama and she didn't know what it was I didn't know what it was and she got to Eureka High School I still remember the man's name and he was a math teacher. And she went in there. And he, he was all upset because I was preaching the gospel to him. <laughs> and he wanted it stopped. And I did preach the gospel to him. He needed it. He is as lost as a Christmas goose. But he thought he was saved, but he wasn't. He thought he was. And he was a devout Catholic. And he had, you know, trusting in the Pope and in the sacraments of the church. And I tried to get through to him that he needed Jesus. 
I think that's interesting that I was so contagious that that's the only thing my mom ever got called in, my, my, my poor behavior, my bad behavior, I was preaching the gospel. I think that's interesting, isn't it? Well, that's a good thing to get called in. To, to, that's, that's a good thing. You've got to get a report with the Lord. And my mom, now she, she got saved later on, all right. Thank God she's in heaven now. But, you know, she, she, she gave me the, she tried to give me the pills, you know. You know. Don't talk about religion and politics, you know. Just stay away from that. So she tried to quiet me down. And, uh, and, uh, and then, um, uh, And then what would happen to me, I don't know if all of you remember back many, many years ago when we started the church, or whenever I'd get in a church situation where I'd get to preach. Remember when we went to Miracle Temple and I was preaching for for the pastor up in Kenlock? And uh, uh, I tell you what, when you're fully contagious with Jesus, you've got a full-blown case and you're a preacher, and you get among other you get a congregation full of people that they're contagious and they're wound up. And I tell you what, I would, I would absolutely just about blast off from the pulpit. I mean, it was just, I mean, the one time I, I got, I was so contagious, the congregation, I mean, we were, we were like a leper colony for good. I mean, we were just, you know what I'm talking about? Just absolutely. And, and I got to the point where, where uh, they, they, sent, they sent a guy to the organ and his name was Fernando. He started playing the organ, and I, I was so wound up, I took my I took my suit coat off, and I just and I threw it at a lady who had a big old hat on. I tried to knock the hat off of her head. You know, if it was just if it was just, you can have a real good time when when you get a bunch of contagious Christians all together. And uh, I remember back back when we were in the school. Meet, we were meeting. Anybody remember back meeting at the school? And, and I tell you what, uh, my uh, step uncle, he came to one of the services. And uh, now he was a step uncle, but he was better to me than any of my real uncles ever were. And uh, his name was Roy, wonderful man. And uh, I still remember the day I met him. And uh, he was uh, basically, I had two uncles that I recall growing up and the one gave me him and his wife would give me soap on the rope at Christmas time but this uncle he'd give me golf clubs and nice golf balls so he, he, he was a cool uncle anyway he came to one of the services up at the up in the commons up there at the school and uh, I got so wound up you know, I was on one of my, I got wound up, and the you know, crowd got wound up, and we were, we were having a time, you know, had a little semi, a little dancing spell, you know, I was so wound up, and, and uh, he, afterwards, he came, and he said, well, I enjoyed the service, but he tried to give me some calm down tranquilizers. <laughs> he says, all, all what you said was good, but he said, you just need to, he said, you need to calm it down a little bit, you just need to just stand still behind the pulpit, and just, just keep it calm. 
And then I've had different ones over the years give me the anti-nut pills, try to give me the anti-crazy, you're crazy, you know, you're nuts. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. But I'm just a fraction of what I used to be. Just a fraction. And you'll see why here in a minute. One, but, but I appreciate that, Karen, and, and I love you too. You're a great lady. All of y'all are really great people. You get what I'm trying to say to you here today. You see, once you're contagious with the gospel, then you must get in close proximity to sinners. Is that right? Notice Acts, the fifth chapter, in the 14th verse. Acts 5.14 says this, And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women. Now, that's a lot of people. Now, this was under the ministry of Peter and John, you know. the. And, and how many of you know they, these guys were fully infected and fully contagious, weren't they? Yes. Now, is there a difference between being infected and being contagious? Yes. Yeah, and these guys, Peter and John, we saw Peter earlier with that lame man, But Peter and John and these apostles, they were not only infected, they were infected. What does that mean? They knew Jesus. But there's a difference between being infected, knowing Jesus. You know what I mean when I say infected? You're you're born again, right? There's a difference between being infected and being contagious. Most Christians, it seems like they're infected. that's That's why they're a Christian. They're born again, but they're not contagious. And, uh, but these guys were not only infected, but they were contagious. And notice what happens when you're, when, you're, when you're contagious with Jesus and you've got a full-blown case of Jesus. Acts 5.14 says, Believers were increasingly added to the Lord multitudes of what? Both men and women. Do you see that? See, that's what happens. Now, not everybody gets saved, but at least you could say this, everybody hears. And so verse 15, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on the beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on them. See, he was so full of the the gospel and so full of the healing power of God, you didn't even have to touch him. You just got in close proximity. And what he had got off on other people. Do you see that? I mean, you know as well as I do, uh, uh, like if, 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 if you hear that, that's, that uh, like let's, let's go to Christmas time and you're going to get together with the family and you hear that uh, somebody that's going to be at that party, a couple of them have had the full-blown case of the stomach flu and they just got over it yesterday, how many of you are going to want to go to that? Anybody going to go to that? Huh? Why not? Because you don't want to be throwing up for, right? That's a miserable thing, isn't it? So you, you, don't want to get, you don't even want to get close to those people, do you? Until after they're not what? Until they're, they're not contagious. But see, these apostles were so not just infected, but they had a full-blown case. They were so contagious that all Peter had to do is just get in close proximity, just within a shadow's length. Boy, we ought to be the same way, shouldn't we? Now, remember how I said to you that you can be infected but not contagious? 
Well, here's something you also need to think about. Think about this. You're infected, you're contagious. Now, when you're contagious with the gospel, you need to get around sinners, don't you? Is that right? You need to get around sinners. You need to be around sinners. But you know what happens so oftentimes with Christians who are contagious? Is they quarantine themselves. They quarantine themselves. Do you know what quarantine means? What does it mean? Isolation, keep yourself apart. You know, we're going to just take these contagious people. If there's, a, if there's an outbreak, like you've heard on a, on a cruise ship. Has anybody ever heard of a cruise ship where there's a, there's a, like the stomach flu is going through or some, some virus is going through? What do they do? They quarantine them and they won't let them off that ship until they're not contagious. contagious. Well, this is what happens with Christians a lot of times. And this is something that, that, that has really affected me over the years. It affected me back years ago. But 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 Christians will do a lot of times is is they'll quarantine themselves and they'll just start hanging around one another. Now there's nothing wrong with having good Christian friends. The Bible tells us to have good Christian friends and to fellowship with 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 the saints, and, and that's all good. But do you understand the point of this message? That if you're fully contagious with the gospel, and all you ever do, or all I ever do, is hang around other people that are already contagious and infected and contagious, we're we're defeating the purpose, aren't we? See the apostles. Remember they were shut in? They were shut in and Jesus appeared to them. Remember that? They were shut in. How many remembers that? But they didn't stay shut in, did they? They took it out on the street, didn't they? And they turned the world upside down. And and 3,000 people or 5,000 people would get saved. Just because, you see, they didn't stay shut in. And what happens a lot of times is, is you'll get people that are infected and they're contagious with Jesus, but then... They'll just get shut in inside the four walls of the church. See, Jesus ate with tax collectors. He talked with prostitutes. He, he went where sinners were. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Let your light shine. Paul said, become all things to all men that we might save some. But here's, here's, the, here's the thing we have to be cautious of. And this is what happened to me. And it's devastating. Is when Christians, how many of you know the Bible says come to church? Yes Yes or no? And that's good. But if all we do is have our contagious Christianity inside the four walls of the church, we quarantine ourselves. It's a devastatingly bad thing, isn't it? Amen. And remember how I told you in high school how I was so how I was so contagious? Remember that? And I was contagious. I remember even up at 
when I, when I went to college, the first two years of college, I remember in one, one there was a psychology class I was sitting in, psychology, and, uh, and, and we went around the room and we were each talking, each student had a chance to say something or other, and I remember when it got to me, guess what I did? I told everybody about Jesus. Uh, Jesus. I remember they were looking at me, that, I still remember the look I got from the teacher, I still remember his name, he looked at me funny. But something happened to me as I started attending a church. And it, it sad to say it wasn't a good church. There were some good things there, but most of it wasn't. And guess what happened to me? This, this young man that was contagious for Jesus. All of a sudden, guess what happened? It was inside the four walls only. Because you see, I started volunteering for the pastor and the church services became more important than going into the community and telling people about the Lord. Listen, folks, do you listen to what I'm saying now? We all need to hear this. It was more important that I was there three times a week than it was that I was out telling people about the Lord. Are you all okay that I said it wasn't a good church? You know that not all good churches, not all churches are good. Yep. I'm not being critical, I'm just telling you what happened to me. It, 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 you know, if you've got a big bonfire here that's burning, and then you start taking buckets of water and throwing it on that fire, or you take big horse blankets and start putting it on that fire, what's going to happen to that fire? And that's what happened to me because I became quarantined and what happened in that church is you got, you had a whole bunch of Christians, there wasn't a whole bunch of them, but there was Christians, it was a small church, but Christians came there and it was all about the church and the services. And there's nothing wrong with that, but why do we come to church anyway? Why do we come here? We come here to get stirred up on a weekly basis to do what? Go out and touch your world. Did you get what I just said? But what happens so oft times is church becomes an end in in, an end in of itself. Did you get what I just said? We just come every week to get blessed ourselves and then we go out to lunch and there's nothing wrong with that but then it ends right there. You see the whole reason for church the whole reason for church. See, a lot of times people think that the pastor is the only one that ought to be sharing the gospel. But if you read the book of Ephesians, you'll see that the reason people come to church is for the pastor to instill the word of God in you so that you can go out and do the work of the ministry. I don't ever want this church to be a quarantine, a quarantine center for Christians. Because eventually what will happen, and it won't happen overnight, listen carefully now, it won't happen overnight, it won't happen in a week, won't happen in two weeks, won't happen in a month, won't happen in a year, might not even happen in several years, five years, or ten years. But I guarantee you this, guess what will happen to that church with quarantined, contagious Christians? That church will eventually die. 100% guaranteed And you know that church I told you about where I went to and 
and got quarantined, guess what happened to that church? It's, it's dead and there's, it's shut down. It sits out in, in Allen, Eureka area, Allenton, across from Six Flags. It sits there. As far as I know this morning, it's still sitting there vacant. It didn't die overnight. It didn't die in a week. It didn't die in a year. It didn't die in five years. It didn't die in 10 years. Didn't die in 15 years. Didn't die in 20 years. But you know what? It died. And one of the main reasons it died, there are other reasons, but one of the main reasons it died was it was a quarantine center for Christians to come to hear a message, to dance around a little bit. But that was... And that was the beginning and the end of it. There's more important things than church services. Yes or no? Yes. There's something far more important than a church service. It's, it's going out and serving the Lord out where you live. You see what I'm saying? And, and really the way this thing's supposed to work is all of us should be so contagious that we go out and we affect we infect our world I was going to say affect but a better word is what infect our world right to the point that people want what we've got and 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 it opens up the door for you to say hey come on over to Summit Church and the next thing you know Summit Church has we got to put more chairs out yes or no Absolutely, absolutely. I'll just be as honest as with you as I can be. I can't, boy, this cold-blooded honest, but I can't tell you the last time that I invited somebody to this church. Now, one of the reasons I don't do it, is it okay if we're just honest? I'm picking on myself. One of the reasons I don't do it and haven't done it over the years as I should is because I'm not, I don't want to draw people to myself. But, you know, I think my mindset's been a little bit wrong on that. It's not about, you know, because I'm the pastor, so I don't, I'm not trying to pull people to me. I want, but you know what? Maybe I ought to change my thinking. Let's pull people to Jesus. So having said that, now I pointed the finger at me. Now I'll point the finger at you. When's the last time you invited somebody to church? You don't have to answer the question, but think long and hard about it. Folks, people are not going to just show up automatically. Frankly, I've had people over the years tell me, unbelievable, we really don't want anybody else coming here. Because there's just enough people, we like it just the way it is, we have our little club here well what you have there and I'm a little bit ahead of myself but what you have there is you have Christians who are in remission have you ever heard about that in remission have you ever heard somebody that they were, they were infected, they were contagious, but now they're in remission. remission? Now, if you're sick with cancer or something, remission's a good thing. But when it comes to being 
infected with Jesus and contagious, that's not good, is it? Remission's not a good, good word for this message, is it? Uh, just from my notes here, before I leave the quarantine, and I'm, I'm almost done. Do you keep your relationship with Jesus quarantined, hidden and away from people? Like used to be, you know, when I'd drive up, when I'd be sitting there, I'd have my, I'd have my gospel music playing. And when somebody'd drive up at a stoplight, I'd roll the window down and I'd crank it up. But you know, it got to a point where because this happens subtly over time. You don't even realize it. You pull up to that same stoplight and you got the music going and the window's down and somebody pulls up side of you and guess what? Roll the window up and turn the... Or praying and talking about Jesus at a restaurant. A lot of times, you know, because I've, I've done this myself and I've watch people do this, you start praying and you, you're talking in a normal voice, then it's time to pray. So we're talking, you know, how are you doing? How's everything going? Boy, we had a good, good, you know, good day today. And then it's, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this food. We receive it blessed and sanctified. We must not hold our testimony of Jesus back. It's like, have you ever, had, have you ever been somewhere and you had to sneeze and you held it back because you didn't want to draw attention to yourself? Has anybody ever done that? beside me or you got what about have you ever had to cough that my mother she always told me she said didn't always tell me but whenever she'd get she'd call it that, that tickle cough and she'd get somewhere and one, sometimes she's I don't want to go to church today I got that tickle cough and she's no more than I sit down and get quiet I'm going to start coughing and I can't stop and I'm going to, going to disrupt things you see well I understand what she was saying and it's hard to hold that tickle you know what I mean a tickle cough hard to hold that back but you see for Jesus, we, should, we, ought to have the, we ought to have the tickle cough for Jesus and we should never hold it back, right? Now I have in my notes here, we should, as contagious, you see, if we're contagious, medical, when, when you go into the doctor, the, the medical term with symptoms, they call it presenting. You know what I mean? How, how do the symptoms, what symptoms presented? Well, you know what? If we're contagious, one thing I have had to learn, and I, I talked about it earlier, but I want to say a little more about it right here. As, as contagious Christians, we need to learn to present properly. See, early on, the way I presented as a contagious Christian is, did you know you're going to hell? Hey, you need to get saved. You, you know, now, that's not, I learned over time, that's not the, really the way to present. Huh? You present with love. Huh? And you start the conversation and then you get the conversation going and hopefully somewhere in there the heaven-hell issue comes up and you're able to tell people, hey, you need Jesus. And, and here's what I've tried to do over the years is I, I, I hold hell up to them, but I do that as a last resort. I try to get people to go to heaven instead of trying to get them to escape hell. Do you get what I just said? I mean, it's the same result, isn't it? If you, you know, so I've learned this over time. You know, I don't start out preaching hell to people. I start out preaching heaven to them. And then the Bible says there are some people that won't respond to heaven. It doesn't say it just like this, but this is what it's saying. 
is, so if you can't get them to respond to the goodness of God and to heaven, then some people you do have to, you know, pull hell out and hold it in front of them. But I've learned to present properly. Did you get what I just said? You know what I mean? Present, like if we're contagious and, you know, let's present proper. Let, let's don't present hell to people. Let's present the goodness of God. And, and, and the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Let's present the goodness of God. Let's present heaven, you see. And then if people won't respond to that, then you, then you present hell, all right? Oh, and then also, I'm almost done. Make sure you don't have just a 24-hour bug, Now, if you got the stomach flu, that's a 24-hour thing. That's 24 hours too long, isn't it? But a lot of people have, they're, they're contagious with, with Jesus, and it's not a 24-hour bug. It's really about an hour and a half bug. And guess when it presents? It presents on Sunday morning during church. And did you know anybody can act like a Christian for an hour or an hour and a half on Sunday morning? Huh? It's not how you act here at church. It's how you act the other 23 hours of the day, right? Or 22 hours of the day. We ought to be contagious for Jesus 24-7-52. What does that mean? Does anybody know what that means? It means that's numbers for all the time, right? 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 52 weeks out of the year, right? That means all the time. And then the last thing in my notes here, I said, I already talked about, don't go into remission. And uh, I think that, that that is what has happened to me way back yonder as I went into remission. In that church, I was, I, I was, I was contagious. I went into that church and I got quarantined. And then we just had a bunch of contagious Christians getting together on Sunday morning. And then the next thing you know, I went into remission. And that's a, that, like I said, normally remission's a good thing, but remission in this message is a bad thing. Are you in remission this morning? Are you in remission with your walk with the Lord, with, with telling people about the Lord? Don't go into remission. So if you're already infected and contagious, that's great. If you're not, then get infected. Receive Jesus. Be contagious. Perhaps you are infected and contagious but quarantined. Break out of the four walls of the church. That's good advice, isn't it? See, that church we were in, we had to get out of it. We had to leave it. We had to get out of it. We had to leave it, and, and we did. We did it in the right way, and all, I won't get into all that, but, but uh, various reasons. But, but, but uh, see, what am, I do, what am I doing here this morning? I'm encouraging you to get, I'm not encouraging you to leave this church. What am I encouraging you to do to get outside the four walls? Is that right? Yes or no? Didn't I just tell you what, I'd rather see you out on the streets Winning people to the Lord than here, list, here listening to me preach another message. You've already heard me preach thousands of them, right? 
you know, and this is something that, that inhibits a lot of people. Well, I don't know enough to share Jesus. Listen, you just sitting in this church, if you sit in this church for, for six months, you know more about the Bible than most Christians in the United States. Yes or no? It's, a, it's the truth. Okay? So you're, you're more than qualified. I mean, I still want you to come listen to me preach. <laughs> Don't misunderstand me. But there's something more important than that, right? And uh, if you're infected and you're not contagious or you're in remission, I want to encourage you to stir yourself up. You got to stir yourself up. God's not going to stir you up. I can only do as, what, as much as I've done here this morning, but ultimately, you have to stir yourself up. And something else you can do that's really helpful, and we'll close with this, is get around a contagious Christian. How many has ever been around a contagious Christian? I mean, they're just so wound up. They're just... Get around them, and, uh, and you know what? You can get contagious again. You can. You can. You can come, you can come out of remission, and you can get contagious again, and uh, you can come out of quarantine, you can come, come out of remission, you can stir yourself up, like get around another contagious Christian, that'll help. And then, and then once you get contagious again, go out and spiritually sneeze and cough on everybody you can. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yes. Now don't vomit on them, okay? Don't do that. I'm just joking, okay? But... Go out there and spiritually, spiritually, say spiritually. Spiritually, spiritually sneeze and cough the gospel on everybody you can. All right. You get anything out of this? All right. Well, hey, uh, I look around and I see everybody saved as far as I know. So there's no reason to make an altar call if everybody's saved. So you're dismissed. Greet and love on a couple of people. And hey, we'll see you hopefully Wednesday night or next Sunday. Okay? God bless.